Hi, you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Today's topic is becoming a person of authenticity. Friends, this is a tough topic. You know how I know that? Because it takes me back to sixth grade. A girl who had been in my same class year after year just did not like me. I remember. Who knows why I had an adult view on this way back then, but I did. And I walked home next to her from school one day. I said, I am so sorry that we haven't really gotten along very well. Please forgive me if I've been unkind to you. I really want to move forward and try to be friends. If that wasn't real and authentic, then I don't know what is. I remember feeling like I'd poured everything from my heart right out onto the sidewalk. Without missing a beat, she looked straight at me and said, I don't know what you're talking about. Boom, that was it. I recoiled inside myself and thought I'm never pouring out my heart again. Oh, but I did. So much so that dad told me one day, Kathleen, if you have any character flaws, it's this one for sure. You wear your heart on your sleeve. Open and honest. That's how I like to be. Vulnerable, well, that's scary, but genuine, that's more my speed. What about you? When we're thinking about being authentic and not being fake, but really, truly being real in our everyday life, what people see is what they get. How are you doing? That's authenticity to the core. Real, believable, no shame, no hiding, no embarrassment, just real. And what about that vulnerability factor? Well, if you're anything like me and you've had the trust kicked right out of you, vulnerable isn't something you want to be. But in order to truly reach people at a deep level today, you have to allow yourself to display these things, authenticity, realness, and vulnerability. The downside, well, people can hurt us. They can look you smack in the eyes and say, huh? I don't get it. What are you talking about? Because guess what? They're not being real. Or you can risk being vulnerable and have people make fun of you, laugh at you, or be unkind to you. That's painful, I know. I think about some serious times in my life when I was really hurt. But sometimes it's the funny ones that stick in the forefront of our brains. I remember getting up in front of 400 people at one of my church services and saying my usual, good morning and welcome. I'd start out with something emotional or funny or something to connect them to the sermon topic. Mostly it would be about scripture, sometimes about Farmer Dean. One day I told the congregation about how I mistook the back field of soybeans for corn. I was new to the farm, saw the short crop, and thought something was terribly wrong with the corn that year, until Farmer Dean told me, those are soybeans. The crowd roared. In my vulnerability, I was proving a point. That I made mistakes just like the next guy. And you know what that did? It made me closer to every single one of those people. We laughed together at my silliness, and I let them into my soul. They didn't ransack. They didn't ridicule. They just embraced me for my authenticity. I told them the truth. I make silly mistakes. Are you being real with people? Are you the same person at home that you are in public? Are you hiding secrets? Are you honest and real with others, or are you superficial? Because you know what? People know when we're fakey. 
Sometimes my friends will say that Facebook is the hardest thing for them to deal with. They often wonder why it isn't called Fakebook. Everyone shows their best pictures of their best food or their new cabinets or their new cars, their vacations. You want to know real and authentic from my heart? I feel like I'm in comparison mode. I was going to start feeling bad because I couldn't relate every single time I would see one of those. But here's what I know about being authentic and real. Number one, it takes maturity to do it. Number two, you have to be comfortable with who you are. Three, you have to trust others. Four, it makes you stronger. Five, it opens you up to criticism, jealousy, and the pickers. People are going to pick you apart because your heart is open and on the table. Six, it can make people mad because they're not real. Seven, it can get you in trouble because sometimes closed people resent authenticity. And last, number eight, here's the deal. It's the best choice to become your best. Joining me on the show today is my friend and fellow staffer at Best Life Ministries, Pastor Aaron's wife, mom of five kids, author and motivational speaker, Tiffany Felty. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Thank you for having me. Tiffany, you've told me that you like to talk about being authentic, real, and vulnerable. I love those words. Why do you like this topic so much? You know, um, part of it comes out of a personal journey um, of healing. My husband and I, though both of us youth pastors, um, ended up pregnant before being married and um, didn't think that would happen, especially to two passionate Christ followers, but it did. And um, praise God, his pastor believed we needed to go through the biblical steps for healing, and we had to go before a congregation and confess. And um, I was terrified. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Talk about being thrown into the fire of authenticity. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, So, Tiffany, big big congregation um, or small congregation? Give us an idea as listeners. You know, this was a smaller congregation in a little church in Michigan at the time, about 115 people. Okay. Well, it still probably felt like about 10,050 people. So, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I was sitting in the pew, and and the Holy Spirit whispered Nehemiah 8.10, which I rolled my eyes. That's the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm. And and I was like, really? Before we go, confess that's what you're going to tell me, Lord? But he had me read the whole passage, and um, in Nehemiah 8, all of God's people have just come back from exile, and they've gone through a time of repenting and fasting, and and Nehemiah stands up and says, now this is a sacred assembly, there's no more time for weeping, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. And so Aaron and I believed the Holy Spirit told us something sacred was going to happen through our confession, and as we went forward and confessed, um, you know, we received forgiveness, but one by one, other people came up and took the mic, and through our courage and humility felt like they needed to confess some things, and the Lord really began this amazing, sacred assembly through authenticity. And so that's my first reason. (laughs) Yes, amazing is a great word for it, because that that's just incredible tiffany what a great way to open up you know to other people and then have them respond with that yeah have you always been prone to act this way or have you had to work on it and and what do you think the hardest part about being authentic and real with people would be 
You know, I am wired a little bit just by how God has made me to be expressive, and um, so my, my feelings are usually right out there, but I'm also a people pleaser, so it was not my default setting to um, reveal hurt or insecurities or even sin um, for the fear of being rejected. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, through years of study, I just come back to God's original motive of we were created to be naked and unashamed. And and the Hebrew for naked does literally mean unclothed, but it also means vulnerable and no walls up. Wow. And, um, and, and I have to live for the praise of God, not man. And so for that reason, it became more and more my habit to uh, be authentic, be vulnerable, be naked and unashamed. That's what Jesus wants for me. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. Um, all right, as far as what is the hardest thing about being authentic and real is um, there is that risk of being rejected, of being misunderstood. And so it requires some discernment um, and leaning into the Holy Spirit. Is this a time, is this a safe person for me to reveal who I really am? I think that's really smart, Tiffany, because... I'm just telling the listeners, it's really important for us to be real and genuine and to be vulnerable. But, you know, it is very true. Um, I give my story of sixth grade at the beginning of the show of how I really poured my heart out to some little girl saying, I'm so sorry we don't get along. And she just said, I don't know what you're talking about. And I really believe at that moment in time, she didn't. But I also believe she was afraid. She was afraid you know, didn't know how to deal with conflict resolution. I mean, we were just little kids. But I think it is really true that we do have to be careful about who to be vulnerable with. How easy yeah. do you think it is for people in today's society to be real and vulnerable, you know, in our culture in comparison to, say, like back when you and I were born in, you know, 60s or even before right. us, the 50s? You know, it's a great question, and I think we could easily at first assume that, oh, it's easier today because there was a lot more shame, I think, involved with public sin in the past, and now sin is just, it's not its not even a word, is it? No, it's um, not. But today, people could be all up front with the way they live and still not be authentic. Um, mm, that's interesting. Tell uh, me what you mean by you that. Know, well, um, I think about a story of a rabbi with his disciples in the first century, and, and the disciples said, Rabbi, I just love sitting at your feet. I love learning from you. I just love you. And the rabbi said, do you know what hurts me? And the disciples said, well, actually, no. And the rabbi said, then you don't love me. Mm, and, wow. Uh, Yes, so for today, you know, we could lay a lot of things out, even even live blatantly in sin, um, our sexual preferences, you name it, and yet it's all, we're still hiding <laughs> behind yeah. what hurts us. Oh, definitely, definitely. And I think about culturally, in the 50s and 60s, um, things were more reserved, you know, as far as women in their hats and their gloves, and, you know, they would... I think about my grandmas and they would be so upset right now with all of the over the top realness. I mean, everybody seems to want to spill their guts and talk about everything. But in a sense, there are times when people are just not real. And I wonder if some of it isn't, I don't know, a lot for attention. I think they're taking advantage of being real and vulnerable. What do you think, Tiffany? Yeah, I do. Um, it, there, There is like a... Um, 
shock value. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, That's right. You know, this is drawing a certain amount of attention, but not healing and restorative and transformative attention. I think of Jesus at the well. You know, the woman was known for being loose, and she was known for being adulterous. That was out there, and it was public because of the time she went to the well. But as Jesus began to ask good questions, uh, her authenticity began to come out. She began to reveal a thirst and a desire to be one of those worshipers that God was seeking, and, and that's that's sort of the key here. <laughs> you know, can we ask the good questions to help people get uh, deeper uh, with exposing what's yeah. really going on in those hearts? Um, have you felt like there's been a time in your life, Tiffany, where you've been really authentic and real with somebody, and in that vulnerable state of being a truth-teller and just saying, here, I want to talk to you about this, and then it's backfired. That person has rejected you. That person has been, you know, deer in the headlights. They've been weird. Have you ever had that happen? <laughs> we actually, my husband and I, um, when we were in process of him being hired as a youth pastor at our church right now, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, um, they asked us if there was anything they felt like we should disclose. And so we honestly laid out before them, you know, we had been pregnant before marriage, but we did handle it biblically. We did confess. And there was a couple in that audience that felt like we should confess all over again to this new congregation. Oh, my and word. Our head- That's yes. crazy nonsense. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So our head pastor said, uh, if you want them to do that, then you also go up and <gasps> confess because they handled it. Yes. <laughs> they handled it the way God wanted them to. They've mm-hmm. been restored. Why take them through that again? Well, exactly. what happened, nevertheless, um, was that two couples left our church as a result oh. of our honesty and said that they would not have fornicators leading their, their youth. <laughs> that is just uh, really, really wild. And and my producer is here right next to me, and he's just banging his head against the wall yeah. because he's having a hard time accepting that. And you know what the truth is, is that it's really difficult. It reminds us, of course, of the story with, you know, the woman and and what you just talked about and, and the adultery yeah. uh, and Jesus yeah. saying, you know, him without sin is going to cast the first stone. And I think, okay, so why would you bring things up? You know, it would be one thing if, if you were whatever, promoting that kind of a lifestyle or had never, ever asked for forgiveness or, I mean, you were being gentle enough to bring up something that I'm telling you, Tiffany, 10 out of 10 people would never talk about, you know, people wouldn't. And so I love (laughs) that you were so vulnerable and what a sad thing, but obviously, you know, your pastor stood behind you. It doesn't give a really good name to Christians, unfortunately. And those couples right. leaving, um, it's probably good for them because it would have been, I would imagine, some troublemakers for you in the long run. But that's yes. sad. Yeah. And then it makes us feel like, do we really want to be real and vulnerable? Um, what does Scripture tell us? I mean, we've talked a little bit about that, but what do you think Scripture tells us about being authentic and real? You know, I just think about Jesus. He's such a wonderful example. Uh, I think about a verse in in Hebrews chapter 5 that talks about the life he lived here on earth was filled with sorrow. Uh, He cried out to the Father with many tears, it says. And I think about him saying, I thirst, or God, why have you forsaken me? Or um, turning over a table in a fit of, of righteous anger. Jesus was vulnerable. He came into our world naked. He left our world naked. And so he's the the first example. 
But the the second thing I just always come back to is that famous passage in 1 Corinthians 13 about love. Mm -hmm. The last bit says, you know, a day is coming when we shall see face to face, and we shall know God even as we are already fully known. We are already fully known. What a beautiful truth, and still accepted, and, and still considered His beloved. And so why not work at helping others become fully known by revealing ourselves. Well, friends, let's soak all of this in and take a moment and listen to worship artist Jen Stanbro's song, Real With You, and we'll be back after that to finish up with Tiffany Felty. How is it that I can know that you see clear into my soul yet still carry on in prayer Though you can't Help me remove this facade Before you It's just me Trying too hard I want to be real with you
love that song. I love Jen. We're going to hear a little bit from her in just a while. But Tiffany Felty is with me today. She's part of our Best Life team. And Tiffany, I just have one last question for you. Can you share with our listeners today three steps that will help us get on track to becoming real and authentic with one another? Yes, I I would love to give three steps. The first one obviously begins with imitate Jesus. He he was so real, so vulnerable, so honest. Even though he was fully God, he sure demonstrated being fully man. And so let's just be like Jesus with one another. (laughs) Uh, Secondly, practicing confession. Um, First and foremost with God, maybe read through the Psalms. They're so very gut-wrenching, honest, and and let the Psalms kind of um, bring out your own struggles and and begin to confess. But then in James chapter 5, we are told to confess our sins to one another so that we may be healed. And our story, as we confess a a struggle, an insecurity, uh, intersects with another person, and healing comes to both of us. And the third step I would give is is prayer. Um, In each encounter with another person, ask, Lord, how is my story supposed to intersect with his or hers? Reveal to me what I need to reveal to them. And and those would be my three beginning steps. I those think, are for just, becoming yeah, those are great, <laughs> Tiffany. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the show today. I love your examples. I love your scripture. And I love your truthfulness in sharing with us about your own journey. Thanks so much for being with me. Thank you, Kathy. Listeners, that was Tiffany Felty, and we're so thankful for her help on the show today. Scripture tells us in Proverbs 12, 22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Are we dealing truthfully with one another, with ourselves? Well, on today's show, I have the privilege of interviewing the worship leader, gifted songwriter, and the woman who wrote that fabulous song we just listened to, Real With You, Jen Stanbro. Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Kathy, so much. Jen, the first time I heard your music was on one of my favorite podcasts, Inspired to Action with Cat Lee. And your song, God Day, really hit me. It was this fabulous voice of yours, a poppy melody and real lyrics that went to the center of my soul. Jen, you're a busy wife and mommy of two little children and a worship leader. You and your husband are foster parents to a little baby. Where do you find time to write projects like this and craft powerful lyrics? And does the songwriting process come easy for you or difficult? Well, songwriting in general, it really kind of depends on um, whether God is in it or not, honestly. Um, there's been times when I sit down because I have some time, not really since kids, but in the past, um, and I would try to write. And I'd say, okay, I'm going to write a song today. I have some time. And just be blank for an entire hour. Um, And then there's songs like God Day, which is kind of the majority of the songs I've written have been more along these lines, where I was just in a quiet time with my Lord, and I was just journaling some thoughts and journaling some prayers and talking to Him and writing out my my thoughts. And all of a sudden, 
melodies will emerge. And God Day may have taken me 15 minutes to write because it was just inspired by the Holy Spirit. And I I say that with nothing but humility because it wasn't me. When I try to write things, they don't happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, this whole project really has started back in 1999 is when I wrote one of the very first songs. Um, And on this album of 10 songs, there's all the way from 99 through, you know, some of them are 2001, 2005, 2010, just throughout the course of the last bunch of years, whenever I'm just seeking God, he, he has his, his ways and he decided it was time for a song to emerge and songs were written down and kind of put in a folder. And then in 2013, it was his will to see them realized in an album and to share with the world, which I'm super excited and so blessed to be able to do. Well, so am I, because, wow, it's just my favorite. I love the songs from that CD. Um, So let's talk a little bit about that, Jen, because you just mentioned writing these songs, putting them in a folder, and getting on a journey with God. Um, How did it come about that you were able to work with worship artist Shane and Shane to go on to create your CD? Shane and Shane have always been a blessing to me. They have always had truth-rich lyrics, and I've just we've loved them. So at our church in New York, my husband actually was instrumental in bringing Shane and Shane to come for a concert. And during that time, they were actually touring with their wives and kiddos. And so um, knowing that these children are kind of hopping from church to church on this month-long tour, I asked if they wanted some friends to play with, and so my kids and I went and hung out in one of the Sunday school rooms with um, Shane Everett's wife, Kelly. They did their concert that night, um, and I felt the Holy Spirit really nudging me to go um, just connect with them, let them know I had some music, and that was super uncomfortable for me. I had no interest in self-promoting. I didn't want to be, hey, I write music too, and just sound so goofy, like I was trying to make it or something. So I was really, really fighting the nudging of the Holy Spirit, Um, and I got to tell you, I've never experienced up to that point a feeling so strong. He, I mean, it was like a shove in the back. It was like, this is my connection, go do this. So I went to the autograph line, um, and I waited my turn, and I just very uncomfortably said, hi, I, I have some music, and maybe if you guys wouldn't mind having a listen you know, I, I just get your feedback. Um, that was also spurred on by the, by, by the way that I had had a little conversation with one of the guys who opened for them, and he said that that's how they came to be touring with Shane and Shane mm, as well. That's great. Um, so I thought, okay, we'll go see what we got. They were super gracious. They listened to uh, Real With You was the song I played for them that night. Um, they had beautiful things to say, said that they had a studio, which I didn't even know. Um, invited me to come to the studio, and uh, the, the next year, really, and I will honestly just say, hey, go check out my page. It's um, com slash about, because the story is like, really rich and full and long, how God got me to Texas to record with them. Um, I'm nobody. I'm literally just a housewife at home, you know, was a teacher, staying home now, just leading worship in our church. And suddenly I'm recording with Shane and Shane, and just God did all of that from that moment, from that night. 
And you know what I love about God, Jen, is that that's really what I think he's known for is, you know, this is everyday radio with everyday people. And I like to use the everyday people because that's who I am. I'm just nobody. But in God's economy, we're important and valuable. We fulfill a plan that he's got. So I Amen. love how he's such a great dot connector and how he did this for you. Well, I know that you're a busy mom of little children. What can you tell other moms about you know, the importance of making time for God in our everyday walk. Yeah, um, I the first word that comes to mind is just essential. Um, you know, we can do it, and we do okay, and we have no idea what we're missing. We have no idea, I feel like, and of course I'm still in the realizing process myself, but I just feel like from day to day, I learn more and more what God is capable of doing through me to serve the people that I love most, the people that He's placed closest to me in my world. And I just um, I just look at how I am with all of them when I don't have my quiet time in the morning or when for a couple of days it's been busy and it's been cut short, and it's just not the same. I'm me, but I'm sometimes the uglier part of me, sometimes I'm me who's just surviving. But when I have that quiet time in the morning, I receive what He has. I receive His love. I receive His peace. I receive His perspective on things. He is so faithful to meet us there when we dedicate that time, and then it's amazing. You walk out, and it's like once you've been beholding the beauty of the King, you don't walk out and serve your family the same way. That's you right. You don't walk out yeah. and serve your friends and your coworkers. Right. It's just not the same because yeah. you're coming from that place of filling. Yes, and and here at our radio station here with Your Best, the podcast, we call it being your best because you've been with God. That was Jen Stanbro. You can find her at jenstanbro.com. You can purchase her incredible music from her latest CD called Real With You right on iTunes. I know of nothing more valuable than being authentic and real. Let me pray with you today. Dear Jesus, help us to be real. Help us not to fear of what others say or think. We just pray that you would allow us to become our best by being authentic and vulnerable. We ask for your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, Your Best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best. Yeah.